Auckland. Ask anyone who lives there, it's expensive. Do Auckland wage and salary earners need a special allowance and Auckland waiting to offset the high cost of living in the city? In 1974, the British government brought in an extra allowance paid to public sector employees working in the British capital to help with recruitment and retention. This RNZ Insight programme asks, is it now finally time for Auckland to follow suit and would it work? In the past year, Auckland house prices have increased almost 25%. The average house value is edging ever closer to the million-dollar mark and, according to latest QV figures, now stands at $931,000. Relative to incomes, it's now more expensive to buy a home in Auckland than it is in London. Rents have also billowed by as much as 8%, while average wages have seen only marginal increases. To find somewhere affordable, you may end up facing a long commute to work and higher travel costs. I could basically work anywhere in the country, and what I'm earning, somebody who's doing the same work as, as I am, is with the same experience, we're on the same pay, and they can basically make their dollar go further in a smaller town as far as rent and as far as buying property. As well. I'm Elizabeth Brown and this insight explores whether there's any support for an Auckland waiting to help those living and working in New Zealand's largest city and would it work? As a single person who has, doesn't have their own home and who would one day actually like to be able to buy in the area where they've grown up, um, it would definitely make a difference I think to me having that little bit extra to be able to afford to live in a, in a town that I'm actually quite connected to but feel like I have to leave in order to actually buy some property. Gillian is a public servant who has what she describes as a well-paying job in a large government agency but she's now seriously looking to move out of Auckland to somewhere where she could do the same job, earn the same money but have much cheaper living costs. In London, the waiting system, while well entrenched, is no longer standardised, with different public service agencies determining their own payments. Amounts also vary depending on which part of London you live in. But public sector workers such as nurses, university staff, police and teachers still receive London allowances, worth anywhere between a few hundred pounds to 6,000. In Auckland, teachers and principals are beginning to agitate for something similar. At the post-primary Teachers Association conference in Wellington this year, the idea of an Auckland allowance was a topic of hot debate. Teachers said they could no longer afford to buy houses in Auckland. They said it was becoming harder to find teachers for new jobs in the city's growing schools and to replace those retiring. For first-year high school teacher Russell Anderson, it's a top-of-mind issue. The physical education teacher from Riverton in Southland is working at Auckland's Western Springs College. He reluctantly took a job in Auckland because it was one of the few PE teaching positions on offer around the country. He's loving his job and life in the big city, but says it's a real struggle to make ends meet, and he knows he'll have to leave in the next few years if he's ever to get ahead. So here I'm paying for a fortnight for rent is about $600, which is half my pay. Um, and now on top of that is water, which you don't have to pay for anywhere else in New Zealand apart from Auckland. Um, and then there's power on top of that, um, internet and then food and living. Um, basically at the end of my two weeks of a fortnight for my pay, I may have $5 left at the end of it. Where if I was working in the country, um, where, where I'm from, and I've got a friend who's living in the country and she was actually talking to me through it the other day, she saves roughly about $600 a pay, which is pretty much half, and which is what I pay for rent. Um, she pays $120 for rent, 
and then plus food on top of that, um, power, which isn't much, there's three of them living in there, and she doesn't have to pay for any water. So I mean, she's, she's saved roughly around about fifteen to 20000 this year, which I've got nothing. So you feel like you're slightly penalised taking a job in Auckland? Uh, well and truly, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I wouldn't change it. I love it here, I love the students, but price-wise, like, I, I wouldn't live here for a long time knowing that I can't get ahead. Like, she's already got a deposit on the house where I've got nothing. I've got nothing to show for her. The Post-Primary Teachers Association, or PPTA president, Angela Roberts, agrees housing affordability is causing increasing frustration. It's significant for them. It, it's really, really hard to live in the community where you teach, and I think that that is a very um, reasonable expectation. And it doesn't matter whether you're a, a nurse or a teacher or a cop, um, I think it is fair to be able to expect to be able to afford to live in the community that you serve. And um, I know that those of us in the provinces you know, would be tempted to say, well, if you can't afford to live in Auckland, move. Come to my part of the country, we'd love to have you. But someone has to live in Auckland, someone has to teach there. So we do have to solve this problem for those members. The Auckland Primary Principals Association is in no doubt that skyrocketing prices in Auckland, coupled with long commutes and high travel costs, are literally driving teachers out of town. And it's calling for an Auckland allowance or waiting to be considered. It released a survey of 157 schools last month, which showed that across just three primary schools there were 28 vacancies. The association president, Francis Nelson, says it also showed that teachers aren't just leaving their jobs, they're quitting the region altogether. What we're seeing over time is roughly 50% of the teachers who are leaving schools are also leaving Auckland. They're going out of Auckland to get jobs where housing is more affordable, the lifestyle is more pleasant, um, the travel is not the same and but the money is. And she says, surprisingly, the highest level of job turnover is now among schools in the city's richer areas. It used to be that the canaries in the mine for staffing in Auckland were South Auckland low-decile schools. Now the high-decile schools have joined us because they are finding it just as difficult to get teachers to, um, to pick up the jobs there. It's too expensive for teachers to work in the area, to live in the area, and if you are not living in the area where you're working, then you get traffic issues, you get the cost of um, travelling across the city and the time involved in sitting on the motorway. Ministry of Education data doesn't show a teacher shortage in Auckland, but it has been talking to the association about its concerns and is aware that the pressures of the Auckland market could be creating an emerging problem, which it says it is monitoring. Its Deputy Secretary for Student Achievement, Lisa Rogers says teacher supply is complex and applying a weighting would be too simplistic a solution. What I'm seeing at the moment and from what I'm hearing from the profession, both in Auckland and across the country, it's one, not necessarily um, a blanket Auckland issue uh, and it's quite localised in terms of particular schools or particular classes and particular teachers. So just applying an Auckland weighting actually wouldn't solve uh, the emerging issues that we've got on the table. Russell Anderson, though, believes for young teachers like him, it's the only way to attract teachers to the city and it's something which needs to be pushed. I think it would change a lot within schools. It would bring a lot more young teachers into Auckland and I mean, to get jobs. And I think for the schools that are in the high decile range, 
and the community costing is so high, it would actually help them to get into there because they'd have that extra advance, they'd be able to pay for it and they'd be able to get ahead. Next year, the Ministry and a number of teacher groups will be involved in a working party taking a good hard look at the teacher workforce, including an analysis of teacher recruitment and retention in Auckland. The PPTA's Angela Roberts says while some Auckland teachers may want a blanket Auckland allowance, there are other options which need to be looked at. First of all, you have to define the problem. So if the problem is teacher supply, um, then it may not necessarily be uh, an allowance. And um, if the problem is, I believe the problem is housing affordability. And so that is caused by, a, there's a supply issue there. And uh, there are all sorts of solutions to that. Um, in rural areas, when um, they are having trouble attracting teachers, something that really helps is the provision of housing, school housing, by the schools. So there are potentially all sorts of solutions. I think what we have to do is we have to be really open to looking at the evidence about what has actually had an impact. And uh, you start to get nervous when people say, well, a little bit more money will help us to be able to afford to live in Auckland. But how much is that? Is it $2,000 a year or $20,000 a year? And, um, and is that going to fix the problem, which is the supply of housing in Auckland? And I don't believe that it would. Traditionally, it's been small regions or provincial centres where financial carrots have been dangled to attract much-needed staff like doctors and teachers. That still happens through measures such as voluntary bonding schemes or special scholarships targeting certain skill sets. Professor Paul Spoonley, the Pro Vice-Chancellor of Massey University's College of Humanities and Social Sciences, says there is a move in the public sector to locate more people in Auckland, and over the next decade it's expected that almost two-thirds of New Zealand's population growth will occur in the Auckland region. He believes it's inevitable that pressure will go on the government and employers to find ways of incentivising people to make the move. Given that you might be living in, let's say, um, Whangarei, and you're earning the same as somebody in, in Auckland, but your costs are so much cheaper, then it does feel a bit unfair. And I think there has to be some way for employers, whether in the public or private sector, to recruit people into Auckland and to recognise that the cost of living in Auckland is so much higher. And he cites his own employer as an example. The Albany campus is right at the centre of major population growth for Auckland and we're hoping to grow this campus and I think there probably is going to come a time in the future when we're going to have to talk with our staff and realise that if we're going to recruit good staff from New Zealand or from overseas then we're probably going to have to compensate or recognise the fact that they're going to live in Auckland, they're going to have to buy property in Auckland. An independent economist, Shamabil Jacob, also predicts demands for an Auckland waiting or a targeted regional payment will gather pace. He says with the huge gap between costs in Auckland and the rest of the country, there is a case for workers to be compensated so they can achieve a reasonable standard of living. We've heard it particularly around organised labour forces, particularly around universities, around hospitals, around nurses, all of those kinds of uh, professions where the skill levels are quite similar across different parts of New Zealand. But the incomes that are provided at a national scale simply are not enough for a reasonable quality of life in a place like Auckland. So we are going to see more of that until we can start to fix some of the other broad issues around housing and transport.
In London, the government took the initiative in introducing a city waiting through the centrally controlled pay board. New Zealand's Minister of State Services, Paula Bennett, who has overall responsibility for the running of government departments and the public service, said in a statement that the government was not considering an Auckland waiting at this time. So any push for a specific Auckland payment or targeted loading within the public or state sectors would generally have to come from the unions through the collective bargaining process. In Britain, the public sector union Unison has actively campaigned for increases to London allowances, with its members even taking strike action. But in New Zealand, it's not something the unions are keen to promote. According to the Labour Cost Index, wages and salaries in the public sector have risen just 1.2% in the past year, which the Public Service Association describes as pathetic. PSA National Secretary Erin Polichuk says while there is hardship and people are struggling to get by, an Auckland waiting is not the answer. More money across the board, I think, is needed. Um, I mean, the thing is, when you're negotiating nationally, um, you've got a stronger voice and you're more likely to get a decent pay increase. And that's what we're essentially after, is decent pay increases across the board. Um, we're worried that New Zealand is, has a low-wage economy and um, we think everybody needs a pay rise, actually, not just those in Auckland. The Nurses' Union, too, would be reluctant to push for an Auckland loading for its members. The Industrial Services Manager for the New Zealand Nurses' Organisation, C. Payne, says nurses enjoy the same terms and conditions across all district health boards and would not want to see that lost. If there was to be a um, push for an Auckland loading, our view would be that it really needs to be a negotiation with the government by uh, employers, maybe as a group, uh, with the government and separate funding provided by the government and the mechanism established by the government. Within our DHB collective, there's uh, only a, a limited pool of money and there is a desire that that addresses nurses' issues on an equitable basis so we don't see all the money tracking to Auckland and then we start having retention problems in Nelson because they didn't get the decent pay increase. So it's important we don't disturb the um, consistency we've got across the country in terms of terms and conditions for nurses. Um, but if there was a, a real issue in terms of trying to address recruitment and retention in Auckland because of the housing crisis, um, we would be recommending that the government uh, put in place a mechanism and provide separate funding to all Auckland employers to deal with that rather than out of collective bargaining. And what about the private sector? In London, it's widely accepted that private sector employers pay a London premium. A 2012 survey of London employers by the Industrial Relations Service found that 51% generally pay a specific London allowance, while a further 44% have higher basic rates or salary scales for employees working in the capital. In New Zealand, there is no information on whether employers are already paying some sort of unofficial Auckland waiting or whether people are demanding a special Auckland payment when they take a job in the city. But in terms of wage growth and salary levels, there's nothing to suggest it. According to figures from the Seek job site, the average salary in Auckland rose 2.3% to $76,338 in the year to June. And Auckland was the second of the top five highest paid regions in the country behind Wellington. Tony Pownell is the general manager of Hudson Recruitment and says salary increases in Auckland are pretty modest and they've been nowhere near the sorts of increases seen in the property market. Auckland for a long time now is sort of two, three, four, maybe five percent salary increases uh, and not a lot more. 
So uh, with rampant increases in housing costs, uh, certainly wages haven't kept anywhere near pace for a long time, and that has been an issue. Something's going to change, and obviously we talk about the housing bubble and what's going to happen with that. Um, but one's got to move one way or the other a little faster than it has been. But he says pay often isn't the main driver for people moving to Auckland for work. I think the sorts of candidates or job seekers that are looking to move to Auckland are making the decision primarily around career. So yes, money is important. Yes, they're looking at the cost of living, but I think they're making a decision from a career point of view. Let's get to that job. It's the right job for me. Auckland's where I need to be to get beyond that job as well. So of the, of the people that we we're negotiating salaries on behalf of, um, we haven't had a lot of pushback or expectations to, to lift salary for an Auckland role. Certainly if they're looking like for like, similar jobs, similar money, I suspect they would, you know, they would look out of Auckland first. But um, in most cases they're making the decision based on, is this the right role for me? That's certainly the case for Christian. Christian is a young man who's just moved to Auckland from Hamilton to take a job in a private company in the inner city. He's living for free in the garage of a friend's flat while he hunts for his own place. No easy task due to the stiff competition for rental accommodation and the expense. In a recent report, Trade Me said the median rental price for even the smallest one-bedroom properties was $413, rising to $550 for a three- to four-roomed place. That compares with $285 for a one-bedroom flat for the rest of New Zealand. Christian is looking to rent a room in a flat for between $200 and $250, a far cry from what he was paying in Hamilton and the bang he got for his buck. In Hamilton I was paying $130 a week. For, that included um, a house, like so my bedroom rent, um, power, internet, what else did I pay for? We had a double garage, a big backyard, fruit trees and stuff, so like... Yeah, it was pretty, pretty decent. Christian says it's a trade-off he's willing to make because he's made the move to Auckland for his career. I do love my job and it, it does pay it fine. It's just that Auckland is so expensive and it would be... I don't know, I, I feel like employers do need to consider that expense for employees when they're employing people. Some employers, according to the head of the Employers and Manufacturers Association, Kim Campbell, may well be offering higher Auckland salary packages, but he believes most would resist any moves towards paying premium Auckland rates. And he says it could add to Auckland's problems. I would argue that for a place like Auckland, putting a waiting in is actually a mistake, because as counterintuitive as this may sound, Auckland doesn't need any encouragement to grow. Um, and the fact is, uh, people will vote with their wallets and, and eventually they'll decide that they can either afford to live in that place or they, they can't. They'll go somewhere else where the cost of living is lower. Shamabil Jacob agrees that economically having higher wage rates in Auckland could actually backfire and push prices up even further. If we had a wait, it would be very much focused around compensating for the cost of housing and the cost of transport. But we also know that if you paid them more, those house prices and those transport costs would go up even more because more people would come in adding to the pressure. The Council of Trade Unions says there has been more noise among workers in some sectors around the notion of an Auckland loading, with soaring house prices and increased living costs clearly bringing it into sharper focus. Its president, Richard Wagstaff, says putting more money in the pockets of Aucklanders is not the way to address the overheated housing market or a low-wage economy. The Auckland housing market is a serious issue and it really does need to be acted on. And I, I don't think creating an Auckland waiting on wages is going to resolve the problem of the Auckland housing market. Um, some would argue that it would, could compound it. Having said that, there are very... Um, uh, 
legitimate and valid reasons why people are looking for more money when they live in Auckland because the cost of living uh, is a real problem with um, these kinds of costs and accommodation. Uh, while the cost of living in Auckland may presently be uh, well in excess of other areas, that may fluctuate. And in any case, um, not all parts of Auckland are more expensive to live in than all parts of the rest of the country. Shamabel Jacob says business-wise an Auckland waiting could make sense, but politically he believes it would be unpopular. And in terms of public policy, a wider solution for Auckland's housing crisis needs to be found. I think it's a business decision and it is a tactical one to compensate for your staff and to bring in staff who would otherwise not want to come to Auckland. And also to give a quality of life, which is really important. I mean... If you've got people working in Auckland and despite working really hard, if they cannot achieve a reasonable standard of living, something is not right. So for businesses, it makes a lot of sense. But from a government policy perspective, it has to be about fixing the underlying issues. Because by giving more money, you just bring in more people, worsening the problem. So you have to make that fundamental fix. Richard Wagstaff says a specific Auckland allowance would be a complex equation to work out and he warns workers outside Auckland could end up paying the price. Not only is it difficult to determine exactly what, where it costs more to live and where it doesn't, inevitably employers would say they've only got so much to spend therefore we'll have to take it off the people who are living in outside of Auckland and so on. One imagines it would be a very, very complex set of negotiations. There are national collective agreements that um, sometimes do provide for recruitment and retention issues and it may be that within those kinds of frameworks some of these things could be addressed more fairly than just you know making a crude one-size-fits-all mark across the map of a page and say on this side of the mark you get more and this side you don't. I, I, that's, that's probably too blunt an instrument. Kim Campbell says if workers want more money to live in Auckland all they have to do is bring it up during their contract negotiations and the market may well take care of it. My recommendations to people is to if, if the cost of living is an issue, to bring it up. Now, sometimes people say there's a power imbalance. That, that may be the case, but it doesn't stop you from, from trying. And I think in the end, what happens is, particularly for employers, if they can't get the people they need, they will pay more. Of course, Auckland isn't the only place where soaring house prices and rents are putting the squeeze on workers. Queenstown could probably argue it has as much need for a waiting as Auckland. There, public sector workers are saying it's becoming too expensive to live and some agencies are reportedly having difficulty recruiting and retaining staff. In Auckland, there's clear evidence that house prices and living costs are pushing people out of a city which has historically been a magnet for workers. Job figures from Trade Me in October show the number of Aucklanders looking to leave the city and get jobs elsewhere is up by almost half from last year and the number of Aucklanders applying for jobs in Waikato is up a staggering 81% from just a year ago. Christian says he knows people who are also choosing not to take jobs in Auckland because of the expense. I think the biggest thing that I'm hearing is that there are some people, some of my friends, are choosing to take jobs in other places because it's quite expensive to live here. So, like, I know there are a few people in Hamilton um, who considered Auckland but then didn't because, you know, it was too expensive. It was going to be too expensive for them. And then I have friends as well who live in Auckland currently um, and are studying but want to leave and 
perhaps go to Lake Wellington. The website realestate.co.nz reported that last month the Waikato, Bay of Plenty and Coromandel regions reached record high average asking prices for property. Its CEO, Brendan Skipper, says it's significant that the areas where asking prices are at record highs are all within striking distance of Auckland, and there have been strong indications over recent months that Auckland is a house hunting further afield. Public service worker Gillian is planning to join the exodus. I've been looking in um, the Waikato and I have thought about the Bay of Plenty. I've considered moving further south to consider Ashburton, Tamaru. I plan to do a road trip next year to go and um, look at some towns and see where I could fit. But I'm now beginning to worry that I'll be... um, I won't be able to buy in the other markets because of all the people. And one day, PE teacher Russell Anderson will join the exodus too, unless there is some sort of financial incentive to allow him to live and work in Auckland. He's giving up his flat in Auckland over the summer and heading back to Southland to try and save some money so he can afford another year in the country's biggest city. I'm not going to pay rent over the whole summer so I can go home um, and basically go down there and try and save as much as I can. I may even be working on a farm as well and trying to get some extra money that way, um, even though I get secondary tax, it's probably worth to have a wee bit more money in the bank than what I've got at the moment. And that's just because you're just not making any money up here? Making nothing, no, nothing at all. And here's what some Aucklanders said when asked about whether they thought an Auckland waiting was needed. I'd never thought of that before, but I think possibly that could be a good idea. It would be quite hard to make it fair, I think, like where exactly does Auckland go to because it's such a big region and you know would people move here who weren't going to move here before because of that incentive I'm not sure. Absolutely I do yeah. What sort of costs do you think are exorbitant up here? Uh, House prices um, and also petrol prices so even if you live out of town you still have to pay a lot of money to get into town to work. Yeah I'm paying my mum's mortgage at the moment because she's sick but it's yeah it's, it's, it's ridiculous the amount that we're having to pay fortnightly. I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a living wage at all not here in Auckland, not at all. I've spent some time working in London and you get waiting in London and it certainly makes a difference. But while Aucklanders or those moving that way would no doubt welcome fatter pay packets to help them pay for life in the big city, at this stage a London-type waiting appears unlikely to become a reality. I'm Elizabeth Brown and that's Insight for this week. If you have any thoughts, it would be great to hear from you. You can contact us on email at insight at radionz.co.nz or our Twitter handle is rnz underscore insight. I wrote and presented that programme. It was produced by Philippa Tolley with technical production by Daniel Beban.